I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. C.S. Lewis. This is for his namesake. Well, hello there. If you're new to Forrest Namesake, I want to thank you for stopping by. And I've noticed a little bit more traffic on the podcast as of lately. Um, it's a small enterprise we're running here. Uh, it's pretty much just me and Jesus. So, <laughs> uh, so um, I believe the Lord provides, of course. And if you feel led of the Lord to uh, bless this, um, this podcast, uh, this uh, ministry, um, Feel free to drop into our Patreon uh, if you wouldn't mind, and uh, uh, maybe start a monthly um, uh, a monthly blessing uh, if if you feel led of the Lord to do that. Uh, it would certainly help us here with production. Uh, looking to um, buy a laptop and some better equipment to be able to record better and and get some guests on uh, within the next uh, three to four months. So, um, Anchor is a great way to record podcasts, and very blessed to have this uh, medium, but would like to also perhaps uh, work on production quality and other areas to which I can help as well. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to talk about something very interesting. Uh, I think interesting at least. I uh, hope you find it as interesting as well. It's certainly become a kind of um, thorn in my side, if you will. Uh, I say that lightly, of course, given Paul's thorn in his side. Uh, no comparison at all. Uh, but the idiom stands nonetheless. And that is of conspiracy theories and the presupposition of the Christian, uh, their epistemology on it compared to, say, a secular epistemology and why they believe what they believe as a presupposition. And as I was thinking about this, talking with my wife about this earlier, um, I realized I could do a really short podcast today. I mean, really short. I'm talking 25, 30 minutes. So if you're in in it uh, in a pound, or if you're in a penny, you might as well be in a pound at this point. It's going to be a quick one. So uh, basically, this is more or less where I'm at with it concerning, um, I wouldn't say completely inclusio, that it includes everything I think about it, but, and still kind of even working out a few details, and uh, maybe we'll do a second podcast on this at some point, but I think I've got some pretty good insight when I think about it. And to bring you to that insight, I believe I'll give you a little background on myself. So um, up until about, oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, I uh, wanted absolutely nothing to do with anything what people would remotely call a conspiracy theory. I sort of bought into the idea of the negative, that there was no negative inference, or excuse me, bought into the idea that there is a negative inference within the context of a quote-unquote conspiracy, and that anyone who... um, would listen to such things is pretty much nuts. So, uh, to say it lightly. And, you know, given my background, I grew up in a very, very leftist and still very leftist family. Uh, you know, these are the kind of people that listen to Art Bell, uh, who passed away a couple years ago, was a uh, conspiracy theorist on a Washington State uh, radio station for many years, pushed the UFO thing, pushed the Bigfoot thing, pushed all the Northwestern uh, mythologies, you might say. And, um, and also was a hard uh, Native American rights advocate. And, and a lot of these, um, and not that we should have any problem with Native American rights, obviously. 
Um, but nonetheless, the point being is, uh, it was a very leftist narrative presupposition to which he pushed all these things and always gave me a very uh, dirty kind of, you know, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, when I was born again, I walked away from all of that. And I mean all of that, I mean all of that, right? So I didn't even want to entertain the idea of a conspiracy, if you will, right? So as a Christian, I hold to the idea of obviously um, basic principles of deduction, basic understanding of exegetical um, parsing of the Bible. I believe that there's a right and a wrong way to uh, go about reading the word. I believe there's a right and wrong way to go about reading and discerning uh, facts and things going on in the world and in your life and so on and so forth. And as Christians, we should be discerning, especially with the times that which we live in, where there's so much uh, eschatological things going on, uh, uh, eschatology things, uh, end times, Matthew 24 things that have been going on. And so as Christians, and we should be concerned about those things, if you're not getting involved in a Bible reading and teaching church um, that teaches eschatology or in the, the end times, you need to be, or at least listening to somebody who is. Uh, personally, I am a pre of the pre-trib. I'm a dispensationalist, uh, unapologetically. I believe it is biblical, absolutely. I believe it was indefinitely taught. Uh, well before Darby and even all the way back to Irenaeus and, and other uh, church fathers as well were completely aware of it, including most importantly Paul who wrote Thessalonians. So um, and uh, so read First uh, Thessalonians 5 uh, if you want any more direction on that. Anyway, and of course the rest of the Bible as well. I wouldn't leave it there. Of course I wouldn't tell you to base all of your belief on one scripture. There's many others, Daniel 9 and so on and so forth. But the point is nonetheless... So, with the stuff going on today, my presupposition is going to be, of course, a biblical one. And I believe it should be as a Christian, not just as a Christian, but I believe it is true. Uh, and I am starting to see those things come to more and more of what seems to be a possible uh, conclusion, shall we say. Uh, the great unveiling is perhaps taking place. And so, because of that, um, you know, I'm going to see the world in, in light of that, much like the C.S. Lewis quote that this began with. So I'm just asking that we, we entertain both sides of this and we see why perhaps uh, the secular system of conspiracy theory, what, was, what would be called conspiracy theory, is what it is. And I'll tell you this. So I was talking to my wife earlier. It comes down to a very, uh, another $5 uh, fancy pants word, and that is their anthropology, what they believe about man. See, from a non-Christian point of view and a lot of other religions as well, their basically basic deduction as far as um, the uh, anthropolo uh, anthropological aspect goes is that they believe man is inherently born good. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of fancy pants stuff here for a minute. Just track with me. Okay, it'll pay off in the end. Trust me. Um, so they believe that man is inherently born good or innocent and so forth and learns to become evil, right? And so that when generally people like Klaus Schwab or the Rockefellers or... A lot of uh, Bill Gates of the world begin to do things that they're doing. Um, of course, we don't leave out our friend, our good friend who funds a lot of this stuff. Um, I always forget his name. and It drives me crazy. I don't know why. Ah, it'll come to me again. I always forget his name. Uh, anyway, um, we'll get back to him later. The guy who funds a lot of the BLM stuff and all that. A lot of you guys know who I'm talking about. But the point is, anyway, um, the reason these people do what they do, right, is the question, right? And that's basically... 
where people make up their minds whether or not uh, these people are who the conspiracy theorists say they are. Well, the conspiracy theorists themselves have to make up their mind why these people do what they do anthropologically. And if they believe people are born good, then generally speaking, they're going to believe that these people do what they do, the Rockefellers, the... Uh, the uh, Klaus Schwabs and so on and so forth of the world, they do these things because they generally believe that these people are are really uh, just misled in their worldview, that they generally believe what, what they're doing is good and honorable and right and correct, and that may very well be. I mean, there has to be within someone's psyche or psychology that, that, that they really believe the thing they're doing is inherently good according to their own standards, at least from a, a relativistic point of view. But from an absolutist point of view, from a Christian point of view, and this is what I'm going to, I'm going to flip it real quick. The Christian point of view would say, no, that these people are born evil, that these people are born into sin, that they inherited from Adam, right, from our understanding, from our epistemology, from our anthropology of why we, you know, why we would conclude that these people do what they do, the psychology behind why they do what they do. These people are born evil. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness, according to Romans 1. And the, and the, the lies that they perpetuate and the which they believe, say like technocracy, are generally come from them replacing God in their life with these philosophical beliefs like technocracy and so forth and these political beliefs and these, these uh, very satanic, non-Christian, demonically influenced beliefs to which they continue to perpetuate their ideas, such as eugenics, right, which we see with Planned Parenthood, such as uh, technocracy, of which we see with Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset and Fauci and uh, all these other uh, guys, including uh, the Rockefellers and so forth, uh, uh, which of course started with Zbigniew Brzezinski and, and uh, other various people from um, what has started in Columbia College and whatnot. But the point is, the idea is that from a secular point of view, when they view something to the effect of a conspiracy theory, generally their, their presupposition is that these people really believe that what they're doing is good. Now, as Christians, we know that what they're doing is not good, and we kind of hedge our bets in pretty early on why we know that these people, once we find out and truly understand and believe that they are doing these things, which is the first hurdle to overcome, right? Because we buy a lot of their PR stuff. A lot of Christians give people the benefit of the doubt. We give them a pass. We want to pray for them. We want to love them. And, and, and we want to assume the best about them. Well, folks, that is the first trick the devil plays on the Christian, is to believe good about somebody. Instead of believing that they are a sinner in need of a savior like everybody else, and that there is no end to the possibility of the evil to which they may do or they are involved in. We should be the first to say, no, these people, if they are up to something and let the evidence show, the real evidence, which discernment comes into play at that point, that if they are doing these things, they believe these things. Then we go to the word of God and we see, okay, if that is true, what they're saying, mm -hmm. such as the great reset or Klaus Schwab or technocracy and these things, then we say, okay, what does the word of God say about this, right? Once we've, we've come to the point where we know that what they're doing is indefinitely a evil end in mind, right? And then we go from there. And then we bring in scripture with things like Matthew 24, with uh, Daniel 9, the end times beliefs and so forth. Uh, and, and of course, as well, bringing in the gospels themselves, what Jesus said about people like this, right? And we also know as Christians to speak out against these people, we may end up like John, uh, John the Baptist, you know, who lost his head for speaking against the adultery 
of of the um of the uh oh what's his name oh lord forgive me but um the 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 gentleman who was committing adultery nonetheless and, and of course lost his head over it but the point is nonetheless and forgive me i'll i'll, I'll think of the name of the, the gentleman later but the point is nevertheless but from a, a non-christian presupposition basically what you end up with is people believing in and and basically what become, becomes a sort of fatalistic uh prophets of their own doom right so they they don't actually have uh, anything to hold on to other than a collectivist mindset and they become no better than the people who are also pushing collectivism see both of these worldviews okay from a secular point of view say from let's say hypothetically from a Klaus Schwab view says globalization or collectivism or groupthink right as far as like climate things and and um, things to that effect or generally speaking um to to bring people together in order to force change on the world right uh, at least that's what those who believe in people like klaus schwab would perhaps hold to this guy is a saint look at all the good he's doing even the pope likes him i mean let's get in line with this dude he just wants to save us the world's gonna burn if we don't if we don't believe what he believes and they of course push the fear aspect right well, it's the same thing from the secular conspiracy theorist who basically pushes the fear aspect. And they, so what is their same and their only thing that which they can hold to that they believe is going to bring people together is another collectivist idea. That we just all need to turn against these guys, get it together, and we can push these technocrats, you know, uh, out of here, if you will, or we can fight against them. And there's some truth to that. That's not necessarily wrong. We should... Um, combine to some degree in a sort of collectivist mentality in order to uh to to uh be louder than the technocrats like klaus schwab the great reset and all these crazy bureaucrats right and and biden and his great reset agenda through the green new deal and and all the stuff that comes with that and as christians and as constitutionalists we have good reason to speak up against these things right so this comes down to a bonhoeffer mentality right uh, in which Bonhoeffer's whole idea was to not simply sit by and let these things happen, right? This is why you'll even get secular and humanists who will quote Bonhoeffer, because he wasn't willing to be tread under the wheels of progress. He was willing to shove a spoke, or uh, to shove a rod in the spokes of what the secular and the Satanists called progress, or the Nazis called progress. He was saying no to it, and not only saying no to it, but uh, uh, screaming from the rooftop, this is disgusting, satanic, and evil, have nothing to do with it, and I'll speak out against it. And this is what the Christian mindset must be. And that, yes, Jesus is coming, but we're to occupy until he comes. And occupy means to, and we've said this before, we should what? We should plan like it's 100 years mm -hmm. from now and live like Jesus could come back tonight. You understand? Plan like it's 100 years from now and live like Jesus could come back tonight. And if we live with that mentality, if we continue to put God first in our presuppositions and our epistemology and our anthropology, and we look at these things happening around us that the world may call conspiracy theorists uh, or, or theories. So let's go ahead and take a look at the Fauci thing, right? We knew, I've been screaming from the rooftops that Fauci's a technocrat since day one. And that's not to pat myself on the back. Praise God for discernment. But the point is, 
I've been seeing this guy go this direction simply because of his philosophy, because of his presuppositions of scientism, that science has the last word, the science is settled. By looking at his past history with the AIDS epidemic, uh, with H1N1, with the bird flu, with the pig flu, with all the other stuff that which he, uh, including under Obama at one time, was going to try and push what we now have with the uh, the the so-called virus epidemic now. And um, he couldn't get away with it. The time wasn't right. Maybe the stars weren't aligned. Maybe the technocrats weren't ready. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, stretch myself to figure it out. The point is this: all the same, I saw this within Fauci's basic principles of his presupposition to his worldview by the way that which what you know a tree by its fruit by the actions that he was taking that had zero common sense. Believers, brothers and sisters, listen to me. When people come to Jesus, not just their worldview changes concerning family and finances and political views, it also should change your philosophy on the way that you do basic deduction and logic and reason. You're not, you're, Jesus doesn't just save you from hell. He saves you from ill logic and ill reason. So that you can have a proper understanding of the world around you, and especially to discern the people around you who would love to do nothing but lead you astray. Do you understand? Satan has many demons through many people who would love nothing more than to take you, right, and pull you out of your Christian worldview and to get you to fear, just like this whole stupid so-called pandemic did, to get you to wear a mask, to shut up. Right to cover your mouth, even though that completely ruins your First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, and Ninth Amendment, right? And and to sit down, shut up, and get vaccinated, right? With a what experimental gene therapy drug that has already killed four thousand people. Now I'm sorry, people call me crazy. That's fine, but from a Christian perspective, that is insane. Especially when you see and you look at the kind of people that are pushing this stuff. People quit just doing what you're told. You are not lemmings. You are made in the image of God. Question things. You were created in the image of God to question things. Well, how do you say such a thing, Chris? Why would you say that? Well, simple, folks. Because in order to come to Jesus, right, you had to question what the preacher said. Are you a sinner? Well, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever done any of these things, right? And of course, you had to question and say, well, why, yes, the, uh, anthropologically and spiritually, that is true. I have done those things. That means, ipso facto, I'm a sinner. Therefore, being a sinner, I need a savior, right? You had to question things. You don't stop questioning, folks, when you become a Christian. The paradigm shift in this situation concerning the government and people who, quite honestly, are led by the Antichrist spirit, which Paul made very clear will continue to go out until the end, Right, according to scripture. Therefore, we are to still continue to question people, to question things. That's just common sense discernment. Now, when we look at the secular worldview, these folks have no discernment. They're fatalist. They can question these things all they want. They can they can have great uh, a deduction when it comes to concerning um, uh, uh, the facets of what these people are doing. But they will never have a proper perspective on why they do them. Do you understand? The Christian and the Christian alone is given that from Scripture. The Word tells us why these people do what they do. Because they suppress the truth and unrighteousness even though they know God exists. Romans 1 tells us that very clearly. 
You want to know what a person is? You want to know what a person is without Christ? Any evil is possible. That's what a person is apart from Christ. Any evil is possible because they don't hold on to an absolute worldview. So when we, the absolutes of course being, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not take thy Lord's name in vain, thou shalt honor thy mother and father, so on and so forth. These are just the basic absolutes. Now, of course, Jesus summed those up in two laws. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. The vertical and the horizontal, which is, of course, the shape of the cross, right? When we get that right, we're to die to ourselves, right? Just like Jesus died on the cross. We're to die to ourselves and to live for Christ as disciples of Jesus. But in the meantime, when we question things, right, as good Bereans should, when we question things, this is where the Christian and the secular view completely depart because you see the conspiracy theorist from a secular point of view is always going to say <clears throat> these people you know they're they're just led astray they're doing these things because their worldview is crazy and so on and so forth right but the secular is just in need of jesus as the guy in whom they're supposedly claiming they are better than because they got the drop on him right because they know more about what this guy is going to do concerning the ruining of the world or uh, an area and so forth now a lot of people would say now here's my point as well just as a quick caveat when you look at the philosophy of the people doing what they do this is something else to be discerning about okay this is where nuance matters this is where minutia matters okay this is where those little details matter now of course, we've heard the cliche, the devil's in the details. In this case, it is absolutely true. The devil is in the details. There's a lot of little stuff that goes on that is going to parson out whether or not these people in this uh, equation would be communistic or technocratic. Um, it's not a, it's a false dichotomy. It's a both and. Uh, the, the, the communist, AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib, um, uh, and all the others involved with them, you know, and so forth. Uh, of course, obviously, the open ones like Bernie and so forth um, are being used of the technocrats to destroy the United States infrastructure. That's true. They're the wrecking ball. Okay. They're the wrecking ball being used to destroy United States infrastructure. The technocrats, you might call the cleanup crew, where they're going to come up and reestablish everything like smart cities, the IoT, um, a... Uh, 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 one world technocratic government globalization through bringing in the uh, the um, the green infrastructure and everything else okay and getting rid of cars and fossil fuels and so on and so forth so basically what's going on right now is what you might call a controlled destruction and as a Christian I know that's gonna happen eschatologically I know that's gonna happen because the United States is not in Bible prophecy so I can hold to that and make a clear deduction and say you know what the United States is not in Bible prophecy so I can understand that this is definitely going to go that way. And I can say, without a shadow of a doubt, that the Antichrist spirit's behind it. And so therefore, my anthropology is correct, and I can discern the times as a good Berean and see what's happening. On the other hand, the secular side is going to have to say, you know what, I don't know, but if we all get together and we fight this thing, maybe we got a chance. Now the Christian can say, well, you know, I believe the church has fought this thing back before in the 1930s, uh, technocracy and so forth. By the way, if you're bored, Google Technoc well, go to Google Images, press the images button at the top right corner or top left corner there, okay, and put in technocracy or technocrats 1930s and see the pictures that come up in case you don't believe me. For your own for your own purview, 
just just so you have an idea what I'm talking about. Now, the point is anyway, um, just for historical purview, the point is anyway, Christians didn't go along with this garbage before. Christians have fought back against this before and called it out for what it is. Uh, it's basically scientism on steroids, right? Uh, if you want to know what it looks like, read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Uh, that is what they want to bring about, folks. And I'm sorry if you don't believe it and you see that's a conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy fact. Okay, it's a conspiracy fact. And I can give you all the sources in the world that you want. Now, here's the other thing, and I'm going to end with this because i got to go pretty quick here to work. And it is this. When you think about the bigger picture, folks, okay, when you think about the bigger point, it is simply this. The secular worldview is scared out of their mind, and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's coming. The Christian does. We know what's happening, and we don't call it conspiracy theory. When we know these things to be true, we call them conspiracy facts. Conspiracy, remember folks, just means two or more people to gather together and agree to commit a crime, by definition. So what's so bad about that? Nothing. If it's true, remember, as a Christian, we don't want to perpetuate lies. So we want to do our homework. Folks, there's never, ever, ever been a better time than for the Christian to be making darn sure they're doing their homework. Be doing your homework. Be reading books by trusted authors and trusted sources that are hold to a firm Christian worldview. People like Patrick Wood. Patrick Wood is a Christian. Okay, go to his website. Look up Technocracy News and Views. Look up uh, Technocracy News on YouTube. Um, I'm not just pushing this guy. I brought him up a few times and for various reasons. I'm not pushing this guy. He's not a guru. He's not somebody that I would point to for everything. Uh, though we agree on quite a few aspects. But the man has done his homework. He's done his research. And the word says to what? To give honor where honor is due. So, And it also says not to, to uh, be flattering either. The guy's not perfect. Sinner like the rest of us. Maybe he's got some stuff wrong too. But that's where you got to do your homework. But nonetheless, he's a trusted source. So check out Patrick Wood. Solid guy. Um, and solid es uh, uh, eschatology as well. And of course you have other guys that wrote books uh, like I've given you before. Uh, such as uh, Technocracy to Tribulation uh, by DeRavu. Um, also, a great book. Look it up on Amazon. I believe they still sell it. Now, from the secular point of view, and I'll end with this, folks, they have nothing to look forward to. They have nothing. They're hopeless. Like I said, they're prophets of their own doom, right? We as Christians know the end game. So as we begin to see what's going on, and not hide our faces like a bunch of lemmings and cowards. And we say out loud, look, this is what's going on. And scream it from the rooftops like a Bonhoeffer. This is what's happening. And avoid the non-Christian presupposition to these things. In other words, don't say this is what's happening. Chicken little, skies falling mentality. But when we see things, like we know for a fact that there is not enough research on this gene therapy shot. We need to avoid the shot, Period. Full disclosure, I don't care if you hate me because of it. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I've seen enough research at this point that I can say this uh, and be held accountable before God and man. Do not get the vaccination. Do not do it. Um, not because I say so, um, but quite simply because all the science that backs it, uh, that does, excuse me, that, that, that talks about the gene vaccination or the gene therapy vaccination. It's not even a vaccination, actually. It's just a shot. Uh, vaccination, by definition, 
is something to which was developed for smallpox and things like this, like 1930s, 40s, and so forth. Those were vaccinations. This is not a vaccination. This is an experimental drug, uh, which has killed 4,000 people so far. Maybe more. That's just what we know from Bears data. Okay? So that's not a conspiracy theory, folks. That's a fact. Uh, you don't believe me? Also, quick side point. Why don't you call your insurance company, your life insurance company, and ask them if they will continue to insure you if you get the experimental gene therapy drug. Ask them if they'll insure you after you have it. Tell me what happens. I'd be curious. Leave a comment on uh, for his namesake on Facebook and let me know what you found out. But anyway, the psychology folks behind and the presupposition, the anthropology, and the epistemology of, of the difference between the secular and the Christian view in summation is this. The Christian has a blessed hope. Has a blessed hope that Jesus is coming back for his church. We're going to have persecution, folks, when we speak out against this. Don't be afraid of the persecution. Be afraid of what Jesus is going to say to you because you didn't speak up. For those, for those who don't have a voice to speak. This is for, we don't know that Jesus could come back tonight, tomorrow, 100 years from now. Speak up for your grandkids. Speak up for your, your kids today. Speak up for those who won't know any better in the future because the information will be hidden from them. It may not be accessible like it is now. The secular will continue to speak up under principles of, unfortunately, because a lot of them make money from it. For, for a lot of the things that they do, they write books, they do things with it. That's fine. That's their business. I don't care. Some of them have good information, and that's fine. But for the most part, folks, as Christians, we have a duty to speak out against disgusting travesties like this. We have a duty for our children, for our grandchildren. Oh, sorry there, guys. I'm not sure where it cut off. Uh, anyways, um, I'll just leave you with this. Um, continue to pray for this ministry. Pray for um, what the Lord would have me to continue to do with it for a podcast. And pray that it reaches all God calls it to reach. Um, and just remember, folks, we're not fighting for... Um, we're not fighting just to, to for for medical rights and for a number of other things, or the republic, as it were, folks. Most important, we're fighting for our kids and for our grandkids. So, don't be a coward. Don't be a lemming. Speak up. Speak out about these things that you know are wrong, and that need to be addressed uh, from a Christian perspective, and inform others about what's going on, folks. The days are evil, right? And. Uh, we only have so much light and so much time. So, uh, anyways, this is Chris for his namesake. You guys have a blessed um, uh, Wednesday. Go to church. Pray for those pastors who keep their doors open. Uh, go to church. Don't wear a face mask. You heard me. Don't wear a face mask. Don't put yourself in harm. Um, plenty of data shows it could cause Kawasaki disease, brown lung, uh, hypercapnia, and uh, other things. So, don't be wearing a face mask. If people ask why you're not, you ask them for the data that says you should. And if they can't come up with it, then then you educate them on why they shouldn't be wearing one. Also, speak out against the experimental gene therapy drug, the which is being foisted and pushed on the American people. I know these things are stranger than fiction, people, but these are just the days we live in. It's better that we accept it now 
and pray for Jesus to come back. But in the meantime, occupy till he comes. And uh, anyway, you guys have a blessed evening. God bless. Bye. Well, hello there. If you're new to Forest Namesake, I want to thank you for stopping by. And I've noticed a little bit more traffic on the podcast as of lately. Um, it's a small enterprise we're running here. Uh, it's pretty much just me and Jesus. So, <laughs> uh, so um, I believe the Lord provides, of course. And if you feel led of the Lord to uh, bless this um, this podcast, uh, this uh, ministry, um feel free to drop into our Patreon, uh, if you wouldn't mind, and uh, uh, maybe start a monthly um, uh, a monthly blessing, uh, if, if you feel led of the Lord to do that. Uh, it would certainly help us here with production, uh, looking to um, buy a laptop and some better equipment to be able to record better and, and get some guests on uh, within the next uh, three to four months. So, um, Anchor is a great way to record podcasts, and very blessed to have this uh, medium, but would like to also perhaps uh, work on production quality and other areas to which I can help as well. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to talk about something very interesting. Uh, I think interesting at least. I uh, hope you find it mm-hmm. as interesting as well. It's certainly become a kind of um, thorn in my side, if you will. Uh, I say that lightly, of course, given Paul's thorn in his side. Uh, no comparison at all. Uh, but the idiom stands nonetheless. And that is of conspiracy theories and the presupposition of the Christian, uh, their epistemology on it compared to, say, a secular epistemology and why they believe what they believe as a presupposition. And as I was thinking about this, talking with my wife about this earlier, um, I realized I could do a really short podcast today. I mean, really short. I'm talking... 25 30 minutes so if you're in in it uh in a pound or if you're in a penny you might as well be in a pound at this point it's going to be a quick one so uh basically this is more or less where i'm at with it concerning um i wouldn't say completely inclusio that it includes everything i think about it but and still kind of even working out a few details and uh, maybe we'll do a second podcast on this at some point but i think i've got some pretty good insight when i think about it and to bring you to that insight, I believe I'll give you a little background on myself. So, um, up until about, oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, I uh, wanted absolutely nothing to do with anything what people would remotely call a conspiracy theory. I sort of bought into the idea of the negative, that that there was no negative inference, or excuse me, bought into the idea that there is a negative inference within the context of a quote-unquote conspiracy, and that anyone who... Um, would listen to such things is pretty much nuts. So, uh, to say it lightly. And, you know, given my background, I grew up in a very, very leftist and still very leftist family. Uh, you know, these are the kind of people that listen to Art Bell, uh, who passed away a couple years ago, was a uh, conspiracy theorist on a Washington State uh, radio station for many years, pushed the UFO thing, pushed the Bigfoot thing, pushed all the Northwestern uh, mythologies, you might say. And, um, and also was a hard uh, Native American rights advocate. And, and a lot of these, um, and not that we should have any problem with Native American rights, obviously. Um, but nonetheless, the point being is, uh, it was a very leftist narrative presupposition to which he pushed all these things and always gave me a very uh, dirty kind of 
you know, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, when I was born again, I walked away from all of that. And I mean all of that, I mean all of that, right? So I didn't even want to entertain the idea of a conspiracy, if you will, right? So as a Christian, I hold to the idea of obviously um, basic principles of deduction, basic understanding of exegetical um, parsing of the Bible. I believe that there's a right and a wrong way to uh, go about reading the word. I believe there's a right and wrong way to go about reading and discerning uh, facts and things going on in the world and in your life and so on and so forth. And as Christians, we should be discerning, especially with the times that which we live in, where there's so much uh, eschatological things going on, uh, eschatology things, uh, end times, Matthew 24 things that have been going on. And so as Christians, and we should be concerned about those things, if you're not getting involved in a Bible reading and teaching church um, that teaches eschatology or in the, the end times, you need to be, or at least listening to somebody who is. Uh, personally, I am a pre of the pre-trib. I'm a dispensationalist, uh, unapologetically. I believe it is biblical, absolutely. I believe it was indefinitely taught. Uh, well before Darby and even all the way back to Irenaeus and, and other uh, church fathers as well were completely aware of it, including most importantly Paul who wrote Thessalonians. So um, and uh, so read First uh, Thessalonians 5 uh, if you want any more direction on that. Anyway, and of course the rest of the Bible as well. I wouldn't leave it there. Of course I wouldn't tell you to base all of your belief on one scripture as many others, Daniel 9 and so on and so forth. But the point is nonetheless so with the stuff going on today, my presupposition is going to be, of course, a biblical one. And I believe it should be as a Christian, not just as a Christian, but I believe it is true. Uh, and I am starting to see those things come to more and more of what seems to be a possible uh, conclusion, shall we say. Uh, the great unveiling is perhaps taking place. And so because of that, um, you know, I'm going to see the world in, in light of that, much like the C.S. Lewis quote that this began with. So I'm just asking that we, we entertain both sides of this and we see why perhaps uh, the secular system of conspiracy theory, what, was, what would be called conspiracy theory, is what it is. And I'll tell you this. So I was talking to my wife earlier. It comes down to a very uh, another $5 uh, fancy pants word, and that is their anthropology, what they believe about man. See, from a non-Christian point of view and a lot of other religions as well, their basically basic deduction as far as um, the uh, anthropolo uh, anthropological aspect goes is that they believe man is inherently born good. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of fancy pants stuff here for a minute. Just track with me, okay? It'll pay off in the end. Trust me. Um, so they believe that man is inherently born good or innocent and so forth and learns to become evil, right? And so that when generally people like Klaus Schwab or the Rockefellers or... A lot of uh, Bill Gates of the world begin to do things that they're doing. Um, of course, we don't leave out our friend, our good friend who funds a lot of this stuff. Um, I always forget his name. It drives me crazy. I don't know why. Ah, it'll come to me again. I always forget his name. Uh, anyway, um, we'll get back to him later. The guy who funds a lot of the BLM stuff and all that. A lot of you guys know who I'm talking about. But the point is, anyway, uh, the, the reason these people do what they do, right, is the question, right? And that's basically... 
where people make up their minds whether or not uh, these people are who the conspiracy theorists say they are. Well, the conspiracy theorists themselves have to make up their mind why these people do what they do anthropologically. And if they believe people are born good, then generally speaking, they're going to believe that these people do what they do, the Rockefellers, the... Uh, the uh, Klaus Schwab's and so on and so forth of the world, they do these things because they generally believe that these people are are really uh, just misled in their worldview, that they generally believe what, what they're doing is good and honorable and right and correct, and that may very well be. I mean, there has to be within someone's psyche or psychology that, that, that they really believe the thing they're doing is inherently good according to their own standards, at least from a, a relativistic point of view. But from an absolutist point of view, from a Christian point of view, and this is what I'm going to, I'm going to flip it real quick. The Christian point of view would say, no, that these people are born evil, that these people are born into sin, that they inherited from Adam, right, from our understanding, from our epistemology, from our anthropology of why we, you know, why we would conclude that these people do what they do, the psychology behind why they do what they do. These people are born evil. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness, according to Romans 1. And the, and the, the lies that they perpetuate and the, which they believe, say like technocracy, are generally come from them replacing God in their life with these philosophical beliefs like technocracy and so forth and these political beliefs and these, these uh, very satanic, non-Christian, demonically influenced beliefs to which they continue to perpetuate their ideas, such as eugenics, right, which we see with Planned Parenthood, such as uh, technocracy, of which we see with Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset and Fauci and uh, all these other uh, guys, including uh, the Rockefellers and so forth, uh, uh, which of course started with Zbigniew Brzezinski and, and uh, other various people from um, what has started in Columbia College and whatnot. But the point is, the idea is that from a secular point of view, when they view something to the effect of a conspiracy theory, generally their, their presupposition is that these people really believe that what they're doing is good. Now, as Christians, we know that what they're doing is not good, and we kind of hedge our bets in pretty early on why we know that these people, once we find out and truly understand and believe that they are doing these things, which is the first hurdle to overcome, right? Because we buy a lot of their PR stuff. A lot of Christians give people the benefit of the doubt. We give them a pass. We want to pray for them. We want to love them. And, and, and we want to assume the best about them. Well, folks, that is the first trick the devil plays on the Christian, is to believe good about somebody. Instead of believing that they are a sinner in need of a savior like everybody else and that there is no end to the possibility of the evil to which they may do or they are involved in. We should be the first to say, no, these people, if they are up to something and let the evidence show, the real evidence, which discernment comes into play at that point, that if they are doing these things, they believe these things. Then we go to the word of God. And we see, okay, if that is true what they're saying, such as the Great Reset or Klaus Schwab or technocracy and these things, then we say, okay, what does the Word of God say about this, right? Once we've, we've come to the point where we know that what they're doing is indefinitely an evil end in mind, right? And then we go from there. And then we bring in Scripture with things like Matthew 24, with uh, Daniel 9, the end times beliefs and so forth. Uh, and, and of course, as well, bringing in the Gospels themselves, what Jesus said about people like this, right? And we also know as Christians to speak out against these people, we may end up like John, uh, John the Baptist, you know, who lost his head for speaking against the adultery 
of of the um of the uh, oh what's his name oh, Lord forgive me but um, the 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 gentleman who was committing adultery nonetheless and, and of course lost his head over it but the point is nonetheless and forgive me I'll I'll, I'll think of the name of the, the gentleman later but the point is nevertheless but from a, a non-Christian presupposition basically what you end up with is people mm-hmm. believing in and and basically what become becomes a sort of fatalistic uh, prophets of their own doom, right? So they, they don't actually have uh, anything to hold on to other than a collectivist mindset. And they become no better than the people who are also pushing collectivism. See, both of these worldviews, okay, from a secular point of view, say from, let's say hypothetically from a Klaus Schwab view, says globalization or collectivism or groupthink, right? As far as like climate things and, and um, things to that effect are generally speaking... Um, to to bring people together in order to force change on the world, right? Uh, at least that's what those who believe in people like Klaus Schwab would perhaps hold to. This guy is a saint. Look at all the good he's doing. Even the Pope likes him. I mean, let's get in line with this dude. He just wants to save us. The world's gonna burn if we don't if we don't believe what he believes. And they of course push the fear aspect, right? Well, it's the same thing from the secular conspiracy theorist who basically pushes the fear aspect. And they, so what is their same and their only thing that which they can hold to that they believe is going to bring people together is another collectivist idea. That we just all need to turn against these guys, get it together, and we can push these technocrats, you know, uh, out of here, if you will, or we can fight against them. And there's some truth to that. That's not necessarily wrong. We should... Um, combine to some degree in a sort of collectivist mentality in order to uh to to uh be louder than the technocrats like klaus schwab the great reset and all these crazy bureaucrats right and and biden and his great reset agenda through the green new deal and and all the stuff that comes with that and as christians and as constitutionalists we have good reason to speak up against these things right so this comes down to a bonhoeffer mentality right uh, in which Bonhoeffer's whole idea was to not simply sit by and let these things happen, right? This is why you'll even get secular and humanist who will quote Bonhoeffer, because he wasn't willing to be tread under the wheels of progress. He was willing to shove a spoke, or uh, to shove a rod in the spokes of what the secular and the Satanist called progress, or the Nazis called progress. He was saying no to it, and not only saying no to it, but uh, uh, screaming from the rooftop, this is disgusting, satanic, and evil, have nothing to do with it, and I'll speak out against it. And this is what the Christian mindset must be. That yes, Jesus is coming, but we're to occupy until he comes. And occupy means to, and we've said this before, we should what? We should plan like it's 100 years Mm -hmm. from now and live like Jesus could come back tonight. You understand? Plan like it's 100 years from now, live like Jesus could come back tonight. And if we live with that mentality, if we continue to put God first in our presuppositions and our epistemology and our anthropology, and we look at these things happening around us that the world may call conspiracy theorists uh, or, or theories. So let's go ahead and take a look at the Fauci thing, right? We knew, I've been screaming from the rooftops that Fauci's a technocrat since day one. And that's not to pat myself on the back. Praise God for discernment. But the point is, 
I've been seeing this guy go this direction simply because of his philosophy, because of his presuppositions of scientism, that science has the last word, the science is settled. By looking at his past history with the AIDS epidemic, uh, with H1N1, with the bird flu, with the pig flu, with all the other stuff that which he, uh, including under Obama at one time, was going to try and push what we now have with the, uh, the, the so-called virus epidemic now. And um, he couldn't get away with it. The time wasn't right. Maybe the stars weren't aligned. Maybe the technocrats weren't ready. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, stretch myself to figure it out. The point is this: all the same, I saw this within Fauci's basic principles of his presupposition to his worldview by the way that which what you know a tree by its fruit by the actions that he was taking that had zero common sense. Believers, brothers and sisters, listen to me. When people come to Jesus, not just their worldview changes concerning family and finances and political views, it also should change your philosophy on the way that you do basic deduction and logic and reason. You're not, you're, Jesus doesn't just save you from hell. He saves you from illogic and ill reason so that you can have a proper understanding of the world around you, and especially to discern the people around you who would love to do nothing but lead you astray. Do you understand? Satan has many demons through many people who would love nothing more than to take you, right, and pull you out of your Christian worldview and to get you to fear, just like this whole stupid so-called pandemic did, and to get you to wear a mask to shut up, Right to cover your mouth, even though that completely ruins your First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, and Ninth Amendment, right? And and to sit down, shut up, and get vaccinated, right? With a what experimental gene therapy drug that has already killed four thousand people. Now I'm sorry, people call me crazy. That's fine, but from a Christian perspective, that is insane. Especially when you see and you look at the kind of people that are pushing this stuff. People quit. Just doing what you're told. You are not lemmings. You are made in the image of God. Question things. You were created in the image of God to question things. Well, how do you say such a thing, Chris? Why would you say that? Well, simple, folks. Because in order to come to Jesus, right, you had to question what the preacher said. Are you a sinner? Well, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever done any of these things, right? And of course... You had to question and say, well, why, yes, the, uh, anthropologically and spiritually, that is true. I have done those things. That means, ipso facto, I'm a sinner. Therefore, being a sinner, I need a savior. Right? You had to question things. You don't stop questioning, folks, when you become a Christian. The paradigm shift in this situation concerning the government and people who, quite honestly, are led by the Antichrist spirit, which Paul made very clear will continue to go out until the end. Right, according to scripture. Therefore, we are to still continue to question people, to question things. That's just common sense discernment. Now, when we look at the secular worldview, these folks have no discernment. They're fatalist. They can question these things all they want. They can they can have great uh, a deduction when it comes to concerning um, uh, uh, the facets of what these people are doing. But they will never have a proper perspective on why they do them. Do you understand? The Christian and the Christian alone is given that from Scripture. The Word tells us why these people do what they do. Because they suppress the truth and unrighteousness even though they know God exists. Romans 1 tells us that very clearly. 
You want to know what a person is? You want to know what a person is without Christ? Any evil is possible. That's what a person is apart from Christ. Any evil is possible because they don't hold on to an absolute worldview. So when we, the absolutes of course being, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not take thy Lord's name in vain, thou shalt honor thy mother and father, so on and so forth. These are just the basic absolutes. Now of course Jesus summed those up in two laws. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. The vertical and the horizontal, which is of course the shape of the cross, right? When we get that right, we're to die to ourselves, right? Just like Jesus died on the cross, we're to die to ourselves and to live for Christ as disciples of Jesus. But in the meantime, when we question things, right, as good Bereans should, when we question things, this is where the Christian and the secular view completely depart. Because, you see, the conspiracy theorist from a secular point of view is always going to say, <clears throat> these people, you know, they're... They're just led astray. They're doing these things because their worldview's crazy and so on and so forth, right? But the secular is just in need of Jesus as the guy in whom they're supposedly claiming they are better than because they got the drop on him, right? Because they know more about what this guy is going to do concerning the ruining of the world or uh, an area and so forth. Now, a lot of people would say, now here's my point as well, just as a quick caveat. When you look at the philosophy of the people doing what they do, this is something else to be discerning about, okay? This is where nuance matters. This is where minutia matters, okay? This is where those little details matter. Now, of course, we've heard the cliche, the devil's in the details. In this case, it is absolutely true. The devil is in the details. There's a lot of little stuff that goes on that is going to parson out whether or not these people in this uh, equation would be communistic or technocratic. Um, it's not a, it's a false dichotomy. It's a both and. Uh, the, the, the communist AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib, um, uh, uh, and all the others involved with them, you know, and so forth. Uh, of course, obviously the open ones like Bernie and so forth. Um, are being used of the technocrats to destroy the United States infrastructure. That's true. They're the wrecking ball. Okay, they're the wrecking ball being used to destroy United States infrastructure. The technocrats, you might call the cleanup crew, where they're going to come up and reestablish everything like smart cities, the IoT, um, a uh, 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 one world technocratic government, globalization through bringing in the, uh, the um, the green infrastructure and everything else, okay? And getting rid of cars and fossil fuels and so on and so forth. So basically what's going on right now is what you might call a controlled destruction. And as a Christian, I know that's gonna happen. Eschatologically, I know that's gonna happen because the United States is not in Bible prophecy. So I can hold to that and make a clear deduction and say, you know what, the United States is not in Bible prophecy. So I can understand that this is definitely gonna go that way. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, that the Antichrist spirit's behind it. And so therefore, my anthropology is correct and I can discern the times as a good Berean and see what's happening. On the other hand, the secular side is gonna have to say, you know what, I don't know, but if we all get together and we fight this thing, maybe we got a chance. Now the Christian can say, well, you know, I believe the church has fought this thing back before in the 1930s, uh, technocracy and so forth. By the way, if you're bored, Google technoc, well, go to Google Images, press the Images button at the top, right? Corner, or top left corner there, okay, and put in technocracy or technocrats 1930s and see the pictures that come up in case you don't believe me for your own 
for your own purview, just, just so you have an idea what I'm talking about. Now, the point is anyway, um, just for historical purview, the point is anyway, Christians didn't go along with this garbage before. Christians have fought back against this before and called it out for what it is. Uh, it's basically scientism on steroids, right? Uh, if you want to know what it looks like, read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Uh, that is what they want to bring about, folks. And I'm sorry if you don't believe it and you see that's a conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy fact, okay? It's a conspiracy fact. And I can give you all the sources in the world that you want. Now, here's the other thing, and I'm going to end with this because i got to go pretty quick here to work. And it is this. When you think about the bigger picture, folks, okay, when you think about the bigger point, it is simply this. The secular worldview is scared out of their mind, and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's coming. The Christian does. We know what's happening, and we don't call it conspiracy theory. When we know these things to be true, we call them conspiracy facts. Conspiracy, remember folks, just means two or more people to gather together and agree to commit a crime by definition. So what's so bad about that? Nothing. If it's true, remember, as a Christian, we don't want to perpetuate lies. So we want to do our homework. Folks, there's never, ever, ever been a better time than for the Christian to be making darn sure they're doing their homework. Be doing your homework. Be reading books by trusted authors and trusted sources that are hold to a firm Christian worldview. People like Patrick Wood. Patrick Wood is a Christian. Okay, go to his website. Look up Technocracy News and Views. Look up uh, Technocracy News on YouTube. Um, I'm not just pushing this guy. I brought him up a few times and for various reasons. I'm not pushing this guy. He's not a guru. He's not somebody that I would point to for everything, uh, though we agree on quite a few aspects. But the man has done his homework. He's done his research. And the word says to what? To give honor where honor is due. So, and it also says not to, to uh, be flattering either. The guy's not perfect, sinner like the rest of us. Maybe he's got some stuff wrong too. But that's where you got to do your homework. But nonetheless, he's a trusted source. So check out Patrick Wood. Solid guy. Um, and solid es uh, uh, eschatology as well. And of course, you have other guys that wrote books uh, like I've given you before, uh, such as uh, Technocracy to Tribulation uh, by DeRavu. Um, also, great book. Look it up on Amazon. I believe they still sell it. Now, from the secular point of view, and I'll end with this, folks, they have nothing to look forward to. They have nothing. They're hopeless. Like I said, they're prophets of their own doom, right? We as Christians know the end game. So as we begin to see what's going on and not hide our faces like a bunch of lemmings and cowards, and we say out loud, look, this is what's going on, and scream it from the rooftops like a Bonhoeffer. This is what's happening. And avoid the non-Christian presupposition to these things. In other words, don't say, this is what's happening, chicken little, skies falling mentality. But when we see things, like we know for a fact that there is not enough research on this gene therapy shot, we need to avoid the shot, period. Full disclosure, I don't care if you hate me because of it. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I've seen enough research at this point that I can say this uh, and be held accountable before God and man. Do not get the vaccination. Do not do it. Um, not because I say so, um, but quite simply because all the science that backs it, uh, that does, excuse me, that, that, that talks about the gene vaccination or the gene therapy vaccination. It's not a vaccination, actually. It's just a shot. Uh, vaccination by definition 
is something to which was developed for smallpox and things like this, like 1930s, 40s, and so forth. Those were vaccinations. This is not a vaccination. This is an experimental drug, uh, which has killed 4,000 people so far. Maybe more. That's just what we know from VAERS data. Okay? So that's not a conspiracy theory, folks. That's a fact. Uh, you don't believe me? Also, quick side point, why don't you call your insurance company, your life insurance company, and ask them if they will continue to insure you if you get the experimental gene therapy drug. Ask them if they'll insure you after you have it. Tell me what happens. I'd be curious. Leave a comment on uh, for his namesake on Facebook and let me know what you found out. But anyway, the psychology folks behind and the presupposition, the anthropology, and the epistemology of, of the difference between the secular and the Christian view in summation is this. The Christian has a blessed hope. Has a blessed hope that Jesus is coming back for his church. We're going to have persecution, folks, when we speak out against this. Don't be afraid of the persecution. Be afraid of what Jesus is going to say to you because you didn't speak up. For those, for those who don't have a voice to speak. This is for, we don't know that Jesus could come back tonight, tomorrow, 100 years from now. Speak up for your grandkids. Speak up for your, your kids today. Speak up for those who won't know any better in the future because the information will be hidden from them. It may not be accessible like it is now. The secular will continue to speak up under principles of, unfortunately, because a lot of them make money from it. For, for a lot of the things that they do, they write books, they do things with it. That's fine. That's their business. I don't care. Some of them have good information, and that's fine. But for the most part, folks, as Christians, we have a duty to speak out against disgusting travesties like this. We have a duty for our children, for our grandchildren. Oh, sorry there, guys. I'm not sure where it cut off. Uh, anyways, um, I'll just leave you with this. Um, continue to pray for this ministry. Pray for... Um, what the Lord would have me to continue to do with it for a podcast and pray that it reaches all God calls it to reach. Um, and just remember folks, we're not fighting for, um, we're not fighting just to, to, for, for medical rights and for a number of other things or the Republic as it were folks. Most important, we're fighting for our kids and for our grandkids. So don't be a coward. Don't be a lemming. Speak up, speak out about these things that you know are wrong and that need to be addressed uh, from a Christian perspective and inform others about what's going on, folks. The days are evil, right? And uh, we only have so much light and so much time. So uh, anyways, this is Chris for his namesake. You guys have a blessed um, uh, Wednesday. Go to church. Pray for those pastors who keep their doors open. Uh, go to church. Don't wear a face mask. You heard me. Don't wear a face mask. Don't put yourself in harm. Um, plenty of data shows it could cause Kawasaki disease, brown lung, uh, hypercapnia, and uh, other things. So don't be wearing a face mask. If people ask why you're not, you ask them for the data that says you should. And if they can't come up with it, then then you educate them on why they shouldn't be wearing one. Also, speak out against the experimental gene therapy drug, the which is being foisted and pushed on the American people. I know these things are stranger than fiction, people, but these are just the days we live in. It's better that we accept it now. 
and pray for Jesus to come back. But in the meantime, occupy till he comes. And uh, anyway, you guys have a blessed evening. God bless. Bye.